This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast for week 11. Yeah, it flies through the NFL. This year does, time just flies right through it. And right now we have made it to the uh, Thanksgiving week. We'll get into that too because there's interesting games coming up on uh, Thursday and a ton of uh, nationally televised football, as always, over the Thanksgiving holiday, including a groundbreaking game this year, as for the first time there will be a Black Friday uh, game as the Jets and the Dolphins will play. It began last night with the uh, Ravens winning against the Bengals, who probably saw their playoff hopes go down the drain. Um, You know, the season started with an injury to Burrow. He wasn't ready the first couple of weeks. It showed in their play and in their record. They got hot. Now they've cooled off. They lose last night. He has a wrist injury. We don't know how long he'll be out. He couldn't come back in the game last night. He left the game with a lead, and then obviously everything fell apart. But the Bengals are 5-5 and right now. But worse than that, they're 1-5 and in conference and 0-3 in division, and they are going to need those for tiebreakers to possibly make the playoffs as a wild card, which is the only way they're going to get in now. And when you're 1-5 and and 0-3, you're going nowhere. So it's going to be almost impossible for a team that I have to admit I picked. I went Eagles and Bengals for the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought they had that kind of team. I still do, but – when the quarterback's not healthy, it makes a big difference. And now uh, it looks like they'll be on the outside looking in. Buys this week for the Colts, the Saints, the Pats, and the Falcons. And remember, you're looking straight ahead at three big games on Thursday. Green Bay, Detroit. Now the Lions for years had a terrible game because they were bad. And always you hoped for some kind of competitiveness on Thanksgiving Day. Now what you're going to have is a full house and a raucous scene because the Lions, which I'll get to, have a very good chance to be the one seed in the NFC. Green Bay at Detroit, then Washington at Dallas. And know this, Washington always shows up on Thanksgiving. I mean, they have surprised there more than once. And then San Francisco and Seattle are the third game in prime time on Thanksgiving night. Good game, important game when you look at the standings. And then for the first time ever on Friday, you have Miami and the Jets playing a Black Friday game in the afternoon. So uh, the NFL jumps in on that as they do on every holiday now. The NFL gives up nothing anymore. They just take and just seize everything on the TV landscape. And they will with that Friday game. So those are the games that are right ahead. So short weeks for a lot of teams. Now, the Jets, as we mentioned, big game with the Bills. The Jets, coming off the gift against the Giants, were in good shape. They were going to play the Chargers. They were going to play the Raiders. Games they could win. They were awful against the Chargers. Gave up eight sacks, were never in the game. 
and they lose to the Raiders, who they are better than. But again, the Raiders made the plays that they had to make. We're in the ball second half. Jets make big mistake after big mistake, the big interception late, and they wind up losing the game. So the Jets right now have the Bills and the Dolphins. If they are going anywhere this year, if Rodgers is going to have anything to come back to, if he even can make this miraculous comeback, if he is going to have anything to come back to, they have to win these two games, and that is going to be a very tall order. The Bills are an incredibly disappointing 5-5. Five and five. They are so much better than this, but they continue to make big mistakes. Now they have fired the offensive coordinator. So in the last year, the defense coordinator goes, the offensive coordinator goes. That is a head coach who's laying blame in other places. Now, Josh Allen took the blame for Dorsey going and Brady now being named the new offensive coordinator. It is his fault, too. He has been extremely reckless. He's just made bad mistakes at the wrong time. They've had bad penalties. They've had bad turnovers. They can move the football on anybody. Now, their defense is another issue. It's been hampered by injuries. It's not that good, but their offense is good. It just has to stop making these incredible mistakes. And this is a very, very big game because when you look at the Eagles, I mean, the Bills have straight ahead after this. The Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Chargers. Those are going to be very tough games, and they are going to have to win the majority of them or they're not going to go to the playoffs. So think about it. This season started with three teams at the top of the AFC. The Chiefs, who are still there, the Bills, and the Bengals. And it looks like right now there's a very good chance that neither the Bengals nor the Bills will make the playoffs. Giants at 2-8, and eight, just trying to get through this the best way they can. They play Washington this week. Again, if their defense shows up, if their running game shows up, they can stay in this game and compete. Who knows? The last two weeks, their defense hasn't showed up, and these games have been ugly, especially last week where Dallas got six. 140 yards of offense, but had them 350-something to 20-something in the first half and could have put up 800 yards offense if they wanted to keep the starters in the game in a 49-17 drubbing. Pitt and Cleveland, big game. Steelers just, you talk about doing it with mirrors, getting out gained every game. But finding a way. Last week, they win because Packers make mistakes on special teams and then can't score in the red zone. Pitt finds a way every week. Now it's Cleveland. Cleveland coming off an enormous victory, but then losing to Sean Watson for the season. So Robinson's now the quarterback. So Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson is the quarterback. They are going to have to win what they can do with defense. Their defense will play very well at home. And this will be another one of these typical Pittsburgh-Cleveland games that will probably be 13-10 somebody. Bears against the Lions. Now, the Lions have the Bears and Fields is back this week. They have the Bears this Sunday at home. 
and then they have the Packers on Thanksgiving. If they, if they win those two games, they're nine and two. When you look at what everybody else has in the NFC, and when you line the NFC up right now, you have the Eagles, you have the Niners, you have the Cowboys, and you have the Lions. Okay, then you can talk about Seattle or a surging Minnesota, but let's just leave it at that. Detroit has Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. That is by far, of the contending teams, the easiest schedule. Listen to the Eagles schedule. This Monday night, game of the year, Eagles-Chiefs. Game of the year. After that, the Eagles play the Bills, the Niners, and the Cowboys in successive weeks. Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, next four games. That's where you can get the Eagles because you're not getting them the last three weeks. The last three weeks, they're playing the Giants twice on the cards. So the Eagles are 8-1. and Their last three games, they're going to win. That gives them 11. The question is, what happens in these other five games? Chiefs this week, then Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. How many of those do they win? Because that sets up where they are. But right now, the Lions have a tremendous chance with the soft schedule, with how things break. The Lions could easily be the one seed. I don't think they'll be worse than the two seed. Charges in Green Bay. Charges continue just to basically lead towards a coaching change. They're too talented to play this way. They continue to just play terribly. Uh, Packers. Quarterback sowed some glimpses, but just too many mistakes. Packers, though, will have days where they'll surprise you the rest of the way, and they'll have days where they'll disappoint you. They're going to be a very much up-and-down team, but they have some ability. Raiders, Antonio Pierce has won his first two games. Well, he got a big advantage. He got the Giants, and then he got the Jets, and that meant two wins. Now he gets the Dolphins, and the Dolphins get Ashawn back. And he is an incredibly explosive player, averaging 12 yards a carry. This guy is the running back version of Tyreek Hill. And having them both in the lineup is going to be fascinating to watch this week. The Raiders, who have kept people from making big plays, although they don't make any big plays themselves, despite having Devontae Adams, having a pounding guy in Jacobs, who did a good job again last week, and will pound the ball this week on the Dolphins. But Dolphins are going to explode this week on the Raiders. I think it's going to be a tough week for the Raiders. Cowboys get the one-win Panthers. Their defense against what the Panthers present is going to be a mess because they're going to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Their offensive line, Carolina, is terrible, and he's going to make mistakes. And that's where the Cowboys are just going to explode. And the Cowboy passing game has now gone to a different level because Lamb is playing as well as any wide receiver in the sport. And now he's getting help in the passing game. And the Dallas offenses look very good. Dallas has looked very good. But you see, that's how Dallas is. Dallas looks very good in victory. And then they have these puzzling defeats. That's why you still can't trust them. The Mike Francesa podcast brought to you, of course, by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Go to betrivers.com. Go to the Bet Rivers app. Download it for all of your wagering needs. And remember, Get extra value this football season with the Bet Rivers Squares. 
you can win up to $10,000 in bonus money by just making a $10 in-game parlay on the game with the icon square. Now check it out and give you some action for a cheap price and have some fun. All right. Titans and Jaguars. They say they're going to keep going with Levis. They're putting him behind a bad offensive line. A lot of talk about Vrabel and where his future is. Is it with New England? Jags come off a terrible loss to the Niners. The Niners came in healthy. They got Samuel back. They got Trent Williams back. And all of a sudden their offense exploded. Uh, Jags should get back to winning ways here. Cards won last week with Kyler Murray. Texans continued to ride the wave. They're getting terrific coaching. They're getting tremendous quarterback play. They're getting explosive wide receiver play. And right now the Texans are just surprising everybody and are probably the surprise of the league. Uh, And Stroud has just played sensational, sensational football. The Bucs are banged up. The Niners will be a bad matchup. No question about it. Evans is banged up, but he keeps playing. Evans is a marvel. Every week he catches five or six balls. Every week he finds the end zone. He gets 100 yards off. And I mean, he is just an incredibly consistent receiver. But this is going to be a very, very hard game for the Bucs now that the Niners are back on track. And when the Niners are on track, they come out of the gate killing you. It'll be Purdy, the Samuels. It'll be obviously the running game. It'll then be hitting, you know, all of their different weapons, hitting the tight end, hitting the wide receivers, giving the ball to the back, utilizing the back in both the passing and the running game. And next thing you know, as long as uh, 71's in there on the offensive line, they explode. And when they're healthy and they have their key people in, they are as good as any team in the sport. Seahawks are six and three, but they're not impressive. Now they get the Rams and the Rams get their quarterback back. So that's going to make this game a big threat. This is a tough game for Seattle, no question about it. Vikings, what an amazing story. They opened up the season terribly. I took them as an under. I thought they returned to the mean after they go last year 11-0 and in one-score games. They opened up this year 0-4 in one-score games. And now they run off five games in a row without Jefferson, lose Cousins, and now get incredible quarterback play. Incredible backup wide receiver play. I mean, uh, superb play calling, superb coaching. Denver has improved. They have beaten good teams in recent weeks. You've watched them do it. You watched them beat the Chiefs. You watched them beat the Bills. They've won three straight. Vikings have won five straight. You knew Sean would have an impact. He's having an impact now. And the Broncos are no longer a pushover, and they're not the same team that gave up 70 points earlier in the season and got embarrassed. That's the Sunday night game, Vikings and Broncos. The Monday night game, the game of the year. The Eagles and the Chiefs. And let's be honest, you want to make, I don't think there's any question, the Eagles right now are the class of the NFC. I don't think there's any question right now, the Chiefs are the class of the AFC. And the Chiefs with that defense, if they can just settle down at wide receiver and Mahomes can just figure out who he wants to be his primary wide receiver target. They will then be on the express. They're going to clinch the division early. They already got a three and a half game lead. And they have a great chance to be the one seed. 
and it's going to be very hard to keep them out of another Super Bowl. Now, look at some of these schedules these teams have. I told you the Lions have an easy schedule. Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. San Francisco has Seattle, then the Eagles, then Seattle, and then Baltimore. I mean, that is rugged. Dallas has Washington after Carolina, and then has Seattle, the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions right in a row. Seattle has San Francisco, then Dallas, then San Francisco, then the Eagles in the next four weeks after the Rams. So if they don't win this week, they have San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, Eagles. That is brutal. The only team facing an easy schedule is the Lions, who could easily come out of this with the number one seed if the Eagles slip. And you better get the Eagles in the next five weeks because the last three weeks they played the Giants twice on the Cardinals. They're already 8-1. and one. Those three games mean 11. If they go 3-2, and two, they got 14. If they go 3-2 and two in these five, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, 3-2 and two gets them 14 wins. 14 wins gets them the one seed. Or at least they could be playing for the one seed. Now the Lions at seven and two. The Lions have a very, they got a big game with the Cowboys down the road. They have two games with the Vikings if you want to put the Vikings on this level. But other than that, they have easy games. Broncos and Bears and Saints and Packers. I mean, those are games they can win. So, I think they hit Thanksgiving 9-2. and two. They are in great shape to be no worse than the two-seed. Emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, send your emails to uh, MikeFrancesaPodcast at gmail.com. We get to as many as we uh, possibly can. As we hit this Thanksgiving holiday, we will have the – Football podcast that is usually up, audio and video, on Friday. It will be up on Wednesday next week to take uh, to make sure that we cover the Thanksgiving games and the Friday game. A lot of game. Nobody has a buy next week. A lot of games next week, obviously, that'll be featured. A lot of games, obviously, all weekend. You know, you have... The three big games on Thanksgiving, you have the Jets and the Dolphins on Friday. You have Ohio State, Michigan on Saturday. Harbaugh will not coach the game. They have come to an agreement. He will be back for the bowl game. He will not be on the sideline. He will be allowed to prepare his team all week, which makes it farcical. And listen, do you not think that they, on that vast sideline, there is not somebody who is in contact with somebody who is sitting in a room with the head coach. So when he wants to tell you what to do on fourth down or wants to insert a certain thing that they discussed during the week or wants to do something, you know they are getting instant communication. There, in this, in this world that we live in now, there is no way to shut down that technology it just can't be done. So you know, even if it is two removed or one removed, uh, you know the word is getting passed to the acting head coach exactly what 
the real head coach wants. And he can prepare his team. He just cannot be in the stadium on Saturday. And it will just add another layer to the best game in all of college football and to the biggest rivalry in all the sports. Let's, let's be honest. There's nothing. Army-Navy only pales for two reasons. It pales because, and it is a classic rivalry, and I love watching it, and it deserves to stand alone as always. But two things. Number one, in this day and age, the game doesn't have the same importance because the teams don't have the same prowess. Number two, in real life, in the greater scheme of things, these guys are spokes on the same wheel. They know that. In the bigger game or the game that really counts, they are on the same team. They're just in different divisions. So they know that, and that comes to play. That's not the case with Ohio State and Michigan, where all year, all they are consumed by is the other school. 365 days a year, I have been a part of that game. I have been around those coaches. I have seen this unfold. And it is without question, not only the best game, and I love the fact that they never move it from 12 o'clock because this time of the year, the 12 o'clock feel is perfect. It sets the right tone. And this year you have two teams clearly with serious national title hopes and aspirations. Two teams capable. Now, I think right now, and Georgia's win last week was impressive. I think right now the best team in the country is Oregon. But they have the loss to Washington, which they shouldn't have lost, but they did. They're better than Washington. I like Washington. I like the coach. I like the quarterback. But they're not as good. The line play is so much superior for Oregon. Uh, I think Oregon, if it gets into the playoff, will win it. I think it's Oregon and Georgia. I don't think it'll be Ohio State or Michigan. I do think Ohio State has a very good chance against Michigan, though, and I'll tell you why next week when we talk about the game. But we'll do that in next week's podcast, and that'll play into the Saturday part of the great holiday weekend uh, with that game coming up at noon on Saturday, the 25th. Um, all right, let's get to the emails. As I said, Mike Francis, a podcast at gmail.com. Let's see what's on your mind this week. What is separating, this is Phil, what is separating uh, Dable from McAdoo and Shermer and Judge? You could argue this team is worse than any of those teams during those seasons. First of all, they didn't burst on the scene and have the year that Dable had last year. Remember, Dable's team overachieved dramatically last year and won a playoff game. Yes, they got destroyed in the second game, and they've gotten destroyed a lot since then. And they've lost a lot of one-sided, terrible games. And last week was a complete embarrassment. And there's been plenty of embarrassments this year. And last week was a case of a team that has just, you know, flat quit on defense. Let's be honest. You don't give up 640 yards in this league in three, in really three quarters against starters. And, you know, tell me you're trying. I'm just sorry. I understand you have some injuries. I understand that, that it, there is a cloud over the team. But still, not 640 yards. And it could have been much worse. The Cowboys called off the dogs. The Giants didn't. 
I mean, what the Giants did, which was foolhardy, was run 12 plays after the two-minute warning and use two timeouts just to try and score a meaningless touchdown. That's ridiculous. With a beat-up team, that's ridiculous. But I think you have to look at Dable and realize, yes, he has squandered all the goodwill that he built up last year. He was a hero in this town in year one. He was getting talked about in rarefied terms, and he earned that last year with the help of his defensive coordinator who had a brilliant season. They have been that bad this year. They have squandered every inch of that. They start level in year three, not with one bit remaining from year one. They have emptied that bucket. There's nothing left. So their careers are on the line in year three, but there will be a year three. And there should be a year three. That's just the way it is. There should be a year three. Dylan, is C.J. Stroud in the MVP conversation? Not yet. But remember, this is a very difficult year for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks win MVPs. You have to have an insane year to win the MVP at another position. Quarterbacks win MVPs. The quarterbacks are not having great years. But I don't think they're going to win enough games for him to be in that conversation this year. But he is doing a sensational job, and his touchdowns to interceptions is sparkling in a league where it's not sparkling in a lot of places. And a lot of the big-name quarterbacks are struggling and struggling mightily. But I would say right now it's wide open. But... Mahomes isn't having a great year, but he is two or three really good games away from being right back where you expect him to be in the MVP race. Dominic, with these current giant teams, it's amazing that at one time people wanted to run Coughlin and Eli out of New York. Well, it's always what have you done lately? And only in retrospect do you realize what Coughlin and Eli gave you. To give you two championships give you two of the biggest wins in football history, including one that was clearly one of the biggest upsets in the history of the NFL to give you those special days to win two Super Bowls, both against New England, both as underdogs, one as an enormous underdog. Yes. It's hard to see that year in and year out. And people, look at what's going on right now in New England. Who could give a fan base more than Bill Belichick has given New England? How could anybody in their right mind, after experiencing all the glory that that franchise has been draped in in the last 20 years, how could anybody in their right mind treat him badly or disparage him in any possible way? He should go out on a red carpet. If it's time to go out, fine. He should go out as a conquering hero. What he did will never be equaled. And I think he's, I don't know that he's leaving. I have no information on the, on the subject. He and Kraft go high, they go low, they go high, they go low. So nobody knows exactly what's going on there. And 
Would I be surprised if he left? No. Would I be surprised if they hire Vrabel, who I know Kraft likes a lot, as the next coach? No. Would I be surprised if Belichick's back in the league somewhere else next year? No, not at all. And if that's the way it's got to be, fine. That's probably the best thing that could possibly happen because I don't think he's going to be appreciated. He hasn't been appreciated at all in New England this year. They're calling for his head. How do you call for his head after what he gave that franchise for the last 20 years? Give me a break. How many championships do you expect to win? What do you think? You don't get any lean years? Mac, do you think the Bills would consider trading Josh Allen? No. Absolutely not. When you have a franchise quarterback and he is every inch a franchise quarterback, he's got a lot of bread father, which means you got to often take the tiger by the tail because he's reckless. He's really reckless. And since Dable's departure, he is much more reckless. Now, his bad plays, his real bad plays are not higher than they were last year. But it just seems like they're coming at the least opportune moments, couple it with the bad defense because they have a lot of injuries and with the penalties. Last week, he got a lot of drops. You got fumbles. You got interceptions. Then you have a bad pass interference call and then 12 men on the field. Hey, you're not going to survive all that. I don't care how good your team is. You're not going to win a lot of games when you're minus three in turnovers. You're, the, you know, the odds are you're going to lose nine out of 10 of those games. You might be good enough to make that eight out of 10, but you're not going to make it even five out of 10. Not when you're minus three. Paulie. All right. Could you see Belichick leaving New England? Well, we've already addressed that. And the answer is absolutely yes. And you know what? I think there comes a point where someone's time is done. You saw it happen. You've seen it happen with great coaches in so many spots where you would say, how does that guy leave that town where he's had so much success? Because the voice gets tired. The relationships get worn. Now they haven't had success for a couple of years where all they've known is unbridled success. And it's hard to take. So it would be far more advantageous for him now to be in a position where he could be unbelievably appreciated and treated like a conquering hero on his way in the door. But it's a smart move for him as he tries to break and will break Shula's record. He's got to go past Hallis. He's got to go past Shula. He's got 300 wins. He can do that in a couple of seasons. Uh, the bottom line is he has got to go somewhere where he does not have to go shopping for a quarterback. And it's even better if he doesn't also have to go shopping for wide receivers. Because those are not his strengths. There are a lot of people it's not their strengths, but those are not his strengths. Will he build you good special teams? Yes. Will he build you a good secondary? Yes. Will he always orchestrate the defense? Yes. Will he come up with a game-breaking wide receiver? No. And quarterbacks are hard to find. That's why I think 
if he doesn't go to a place where there is a ready-made quarterback ready to win immediately, he's out of his mind because he doesn't have time to waste. He's not a spring chicken. He doesn't have time to waste. And that's why I've stated this before. I understand why L.A. is not perfect. First of all, it's L.A. Secondly, you're in the same division as the the Chiefs. But the bottom line is that team, he walks in and takes over the Chargers. They win 13 games next year. Case closed. Case closed. Quarterbacks there, wide receivers are there, talents there, pass rush is there. He'll build the rest. They win automatically, and that coach is gone. I'm sorry, he's gone. It's amazing he lasted this long. He's been a bad coach. They're a badly coached team. They have a lot of talent. They're a badly, badly coached team. We will have a very, very busy week for you. We'll be on, obviously, after the games on the weekend, but we will have a very busy week next week, so stay tuned. We will have podcasts for you Monday, Tuesday, and special uh, Week 12 Thanksgiving holiday podcast on Wednesday. So uh, be looking for it. So we'll be with you Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It'll be a very busy week. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.